the Ruskies are in, boys. They've knocked over Spain this morning in a shootout. Oh. Actually, I know, how, I, can, I know how to pose the first question to our guest here, Russell Hargroves from TalkSport. Russell, you just heard what Kendo was talking about, Russia. My first question is more of a statement. What the hell? Incredible. Nate, Ken, very good morning to you, boys. And what a story. A team who were absolute no-hopers keep going through, and now they've knocked out a team 60 places, 60 places by them in the FIFA World Ranking. Spain ranked 10, Russia ranked 70. And they've got the job done by hook or by crook and, and fair play to them. And, yeah, it's, a, it's an added dimension to this World Cup that the host nation have done far better than anybody expected. Great start against the odds, then a bit of a dip. But when it's really mattered the last couple of games, they've got the job done. So uh, how much further could they go? We'll wait and see. Very exciting. Well, they, they play the winner here, Croatia-Denmark, of course. What about the Spaniards, though, Russ? They, they completed more passes uh, than any other team at the World Cup by some margin. They were very accurate. They had possession. They had attempts on goal. They had shots. They, everything was possibly in their favour, and yet they go out limply. Why? Absolutely. 1,006 passes in that game alone. And you know what? Russia in four combined games were only marginally above that. It's bizarre, isn't it? We've seen this several times at the World Cup where teams have dominated territory, dominated possession, but just not, not done enough with it. Sideways passing, lack of incision. For me, guys, it all stems back to a degree to this ridiculous pre-tournament situation where Lopetegui left on the eve of the tournament, having signed with the new Real Madrid manager. Hierro comes in, takes over with moments to go. It clearly didn't help, did it? It was a team that was unbeaten in 23. I know they hadn't hit the heights in the tournament or in their warm-ups before that, but you'd have backed them surely without that change to have gone that wee bit deeper. And we're already hearing as well the great Andres Iniesta announcing his international retirement immediately post-match. The man he scored the 2010 World Cup winning goal and the likes of Aspas, Koke missing their penalties, hanging their heads, I'm sure, in shame. And Gerard Piquet as well for that ridiculous handball for the penalty. He can't complain even though he tried to. Sticking your arm up in that kind of situation is criminal. So a team with so much quality, so many diverse ways to hurt you as well with the power of, say, Costa, with a brilliant tic-a-tac of footballers some of the attacking midfielders. It's just not worked. And another big name, boys, bombs. They leave early. They join the likes of Argentina, Germany, Portugal, as we well know. And this World Cup is opening up very, very nicely indeed, I... isn't it, for a lot of teams, England included. Hey, we got him. Here we go, yeah. England's included. There it is. I, I, I sent you a message, Rush, uh, Russ, a, a few weeks, I think it was early on in the tournament about this Argentina football team. They just felt to me a, bit, a little bit like that 2007 All Blacks team where you thought, I'm not quite sure if they're going to go through. And then I, they got knocked out by France. So there you are, mate. I told you that was going to happen. But I mean, like, yeah, do, and you're spot on. With, with those as well, like these, these teams going out like Argentina, like Germany, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of fun in Spain. It's kind of interesting with that as well. But where's the line that you get to where you go, okay, I still need this amount of big teams left. So do we still need England and Brazil to, to, to go through? You know what? I think there's enough teams still in this draw to make this very interesting, but we're maybe not too far off at getting to the point that perhaps we've lost too many. It's an interesting point you raise. I think losing the Argentinians was fair enough. Losing the Portuguese, I think, was fair enough as well. And Uruguay, for me, are a team that's a real dark horse to win this whole thing. I love their grit at the back and obviously the quality of their strike force of Cavani and Suarez. They, for me, are a big tick. The Croatians, if they do get through against Denmark, 
not helped by their keeper's horrific gap in the first minute, one all, as you still say. They're a big tick for me. It's all well and good to have two or three new finds, the Russians lighting it up. But to have four or five of those biggest nations all out, absolutely fascinating. But you know what, boys? We've still got Brazil, Mexico to look forward to. The Mexicans have been great. Brazil, good, but probably not quite as good as we expected. Japan, Belgium, the Belgians, very, very exciting team. The Japanese, of course, with all the controversy of how they treated the end of their final group stage game. Then England, Colombia, Switzerland, Sweden will be a cracker as well in a contrast to styles. For me, there's a lot still to sell in this World Cup, despite, as you rightly say, boys, four or five. Big nations either falling at the group stage or in this round of 16. Russ Hargreaves from TalkSport on Radio Sport. Okay, Russ, let's go. England, Brazil, Belgium. What chances all three progress? I think Belgium will get the job done. They, for me, did the right thing as England did for this very controversial group stage game since we've last spoken. Obviously, both managers ringing the changes with eight and nine changes respectively. And it pressed me that strength and depth of this Belgian team. All their big hitters coming in for the round of 16. I'm pretty sure they'll get the job done against the Japanese and go a wee bit further. Brazil, of course, they could then face in the last state. England losing their match in the other half of the draw now. Yes, it's got its complications, particularly Colombia next up as a tougher opponent, but if they can get past that, it's then, in theory, a much easier quarterfinal against the Swiss or the Swedes than maybe facing Brazil or Mexico. So, in a sense, that's tied out well. I tip Brazil before this World Cup to win it, looking for number six, as we well know. And even though they've not been brilliant, when needed, those two injury time goals, of course, in their final group stage game, another win, another slightly sloppy performance early doors, but they're going through the gears, they're finding their feet. I still wonder, despite all the upsets and all the drama of this World Cup and the controversy whether it will still all end with Brazil winning it, but an awful, awful long way to go. And people here, I'll whisper it, are getting excited about England, but do not, do not underestimate Colombia. James Rodriguez, we're hearing today, possibly will be fit to play. He's absolutely critical. You chuck him into a team that's got so much quality out wide, really tricky wingers, good finishing, solid workmen like back four and central midfield going to be very, very tough, and it could be a cracking game to finish it all off. Tuesday night, our time, UK, Wednesday morning for you boys. The nation is going to be hooked, and that's going to be absolutely brilliant. Southgate, as the manager of England, has really ignited this nation with his team and their approach, their style, their openness, I think, as a squad, and one that's actually embracing the nation for once, rather than almost being that little bit kind of disdainful and disinterested, as many other probably more talented and more famous England teams have done and failed in recent years. That contrast has been very, very noted here in the last couple of weeks it's been fun watching the the roller coaster of emotion uh, of the english football fans and sports followers that i follow on twitter because you know the let's not go with any expectations here we go oh we're great and then the one after the other day was oh we've lost the momentum those were terrible changes that he made why didn't we send? and lost the momentum was the real key figure but now i think with all the other teams dropping away russ um that that seems to what is is, is lost momentum is that that's not the buzzword around the streets anymore no you know what, Southgate was absolutely damned if he did or didn't in that situation. And pretty much every other nation who qualified with a game to spare and earned the right to rest players if they wanted, did. He got players on yellow cards. He got players who needed rested and perhaps just recuperated with what lay ahead. He took exactly the same decision as pretty much every other team and every other boss in his situation. Would have been nice to have gone out and won and made it three from three. But as I say,
day, it would have meant, in many senses, the tougher draw. Yes, you'd say Japan would have been an easier draw, but it would have been a day earlier, losing a day's rest. In a far warmer, I think it would have been about a 37-degree average temperature game rather than, say, 25. That's going to make a difference. And as I say, into the last day, if England can get there, all the players this week have been saying it's one match at a time, each game on its individual merits, but it means avoiding Brazil. And it means, as this draw continues to open up with Spain, also in England's half, by coming second, they've gone now as well. It is opening, but wouldn't it be typical England just to flip this on its head for everyone to get excited, all the stars to look like they're aligning, and then all of a sudden they misfire and don't deliver, or potentially just hideously unlucky against Colombia. It could easily happen. And don't forget, Colombia were quarter-finalists last time around. And my slight fear here is that people are underestimating actually the quality of the opposition that lie ahead. England have no God-given and divine right to win a World Cup. And boy, do we know that, having waited since 1966 to have done it. Mind you, the Russians, but this they've got since 1970, by the way, to chuck in for a little extra stat there as well. They are looking very, very pretty, aren't they? Russ, quick thought too on this French emerging star, Kylian Mbappe. Oof. What chance Oof. he goes to United or City in the EPL? I think the biggest thing to say here is as Messi and Ronaldo's star wanes, particularly Messi after a very disappointing World Cup, Ronaldo got his four goals but couldn't steer them through. Both of these great players will be 35 and 37 by the next World Cup and they've never won it. They probably never will. Kylian Mbappe is a similar style of player, electric pace, great vision, a real classy emerging number 10. His two goals were outstanding. France's 4-3 win was arguably the game of the tournament and they are looking well set. It's always division and schisms in the French camp that have been their problem. That seems to have been rectified this time around. And you know what? They are a major contender that we haven't really mentioned in this chat who should be considered. Mbappe, for me, will stay where he is for a while. With financial fair play, it is tougher to sign these big players for astronomical fees and wages these days than it was. City style is to buy people who don't quite cost that much and recreate and make them into greater and more kind of expensive stars. United... More likely, but again, they've shelled out so much on so many big players. They've got so many other plans and Mbappe aside. I'd be surprised if he ended up in the EPL soon. You never know, but I don't think so. All right, Russ. Uh, turn your phone off come the England game unless you want to get bombarded by New Zealanders. Mate, I'll be ready. Don't <laughs> you worry. <laughs> ready?